All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Danso Pitch Podcast. This is episode 59 of the Danso Pitch. I am your host, Charles Danso. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Goodman. Daniel, how you feeling today? Feeling great, man. Feeling great. Happy MLK Day. Yes. Happy Very ML- excited. Right. Happy MLK Day for those that are listening and or watching this. We'll probably have this dropped. You guys will probably be at work by tomorrow, but we are recording on MLK Day. So just know that even on the holidays, we're grinding for you guys, giving you guys valuable content that you guys can use uh, just going forward. So this episode, what we're going to kind of highlight is the nine to five workforce and why individuals of our generation, particularly the millennial generation, seems to be moving away from it. And for those that are in the nine to five workforce, why is it that they're working in certain industries as opposed to other industries? Is this a common trend or is this just a one-time thing based on the based on the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera? We're going to cover all this for you and give you guys some real-world examples of our own personal experiences working in the financial industry and how that's impacted how we do our entrepreneurial work outside of the nine-to-five lifestyle. So getting right into it. What I want to highlight, Daniel, for the audience is kind of highlight what are specific reasons as to why maybe a lot of individuals from the age of, let's say, right out of college of 23 to the age of close to 40 seem to be leaving the workforce, the nine to five workforce in particular. What are some specific examples that we can kind of give? One of the particular reasons that we've heard and we've also Uh, just did our own research on was the reason being is a lot of individuals of our generation leave the nine to five workforce because they want to pay off student loan debt or personal debt that they're facing. They feel like with the nine to five workforce, they're not making enough money to pay their debt. So they, a lot of times individuals of our generation are saying, let me start my own business where I can see all the money coming in. I, there's no cap when you have your own business, you can make as much money as you want. So a lot of individuals have that mindset to say, as opposed to me working nine to five, let's say making 25 an hour, I can make an unlimited amount of money in my entrepreneurial life. So that's one of the reasons that a lot of entrepreneurs or soon to be entrepreneurs are leaving the nine to five workforce. Daniel, can you give another specific example, maybe for the audience as to why a lot of millennials are leaving the nine to five workforce, if you have one? Yeah, um, millennials are very focused on their independent advancement. So learning new skills is a a big thing for, I think, this generation, especially as we get more technologically advanced with, you know, investing through fintech or learning about the different ways that we can uh, make money through, whether it be NFTs or whether it be through trading cryptocurrency. I think it's just learning these new skills that are more virtual and not so physical uh, is very attractive, especially considering how, you know, the work-life balance has shifted in the past year and a half. Um, and the pandemic is really kind of the, the, the conduit to make that happen. Because before, if you think about it back to like 2019, workforce and you know, work-life balance was already kind of at a, 
we'll say a tipping point. I mean, millennials were quitting their jobs uh, mainly for work-life balance issues and to pursue their own kind of independent work Mm -hmm. and, you know, paying off debt, making more money, uh, as you described earlier. But also, I think the exposure to the flexible work life that is possible with this virtual environment we're in now is a big contributor because now you have professionals who work from home and you know during their lunch time or whatever they can just easily go on a second computer or do something at their home at the comfort of their home to learn a new skill maybe they want to play the guitar Mm -hmm. you know play music you know well, then they could just do that from the comfort of their home during their um, off hours and not, not worrying about the commute and just other factors that play into that. So I think, you know, from, from you know, to, to answer your question, learning skills and, and improving, you know, one's, you know, inventory of, of assets, I would say, right. uh, is definitely an attractive uh, feature that a lot of millennials are going to. And the pandemic has really kind of, uh, launch that into a uh, more of the limelight. I feel like um, exactly. Even, yeah. Even, yeah. Right. It's that's and that's a big thing that you mentioned was the pandemic. And for the audience also listening, the pandemic has shifted work-life balance as a whole. It's and hit, it's accelerated the fact of us actually having to be home now. We have to because of the fact that now obviously companies don't want to risk you know getting employees sick. You know lawsuits happen. They got to pay out. So they're like, you know what? we're just going to keep everybody home or we're going to keep everybody part-time where a lot of like my job, my company, where some, you know, a lot of people are working home now, then they go back to the office and work back. That's a whole nother discussion. I just, I feel like they should just keep everybody home, but that's just my personal feeling. But again, everybody's situation is different, but going back to what Daniel is saying is the reason why that I wanted, I and Daniel wanted to highlight millennials in particular, because we're the next generation now that are becoming the CEOs, the leaders of these companies, the managers, et cetera, et cetera, because we're at that age now where we're starting to establish our career more independence, independently than us just being like, oh, I wanted to just go to school just to get the job that our parents were telling us. Now we have so much knowledge, so much resources, as Daniel mentioned. You can go online. A lot of uh, individuals, our age group, go online. I, myself, I take online classes. I can go on YouTube, just type in how to learn how to build websites. And you can just watch a 30-minute tutorial. And they teach you this step by step. Our parents didn't have the luxury of that because the internet was something that wasn't prevalent as it is now to them. It was just coming into the fold as opposed to now where even now your little brother, your little sister, even if you have children, kids, as early as the age of three, know how to use an iPad. They know how to go on the computer. So think about that. Think about how we've advanced throughout the age, ages, even us born in the early 90s and 80s. We didn't, we just learned about going out and playing with our friends in the street. We didn't, (laughs) I didn't know how to use a tablet until I was already an adult. So think about that. Think about how life has accelerated so quickly. So that also is the mindset that we're in because the fact that I love the fact that we're the generation that thinks smarter, not necessarily work harder, but thinking smarter. So we're like, we're independently thinking outside of our parents or our older peers, where it's like, okay, we don't have to work in a nine to five till we're 65. We can work in a nine to five, but we can also make money on the side. And then nobody can tell us different because as Daniel mentioned, 
now we're especially we're home and I myself, I look around, I already have three different computers that <laughs> is in my, yep. <laughs> in my, my phone, my actual laptop that I'm, I'm, I'm watching and recording this on now. And I have a, a, a little tablet. So think about that. These are all things that I can do in the comfort of my home while still doing my nine to five job. So that's very important for especially the generation that we're in. And if you're a millennial listening to this, if you're a person that's in this generation now where we're understanding technology, I think that's very important to understand that don't feel limited by your company. You should be independent of your company because end of the day, they can always fire and rehire somebody. But don't you like, don't you want to have the comfort of building something that's yours where you can do whatever you want you can wake up in your pajamas anytime, just go work, make money at the comfort of your own home and don't have to actually be regulated by a time or schedule. That's very important. But also another thing I want to highlight, not everybody is going to be a CEO. Not everybody wants to build a business. But I think another thing you can do is you can work for somebody that knows how to, that's looking to build a business or has a business that needs a lot of skill sets. Think about this. Every business needs a coder now. Every business needs a, a software developer. You need a website. You need a logo. You need a brand. You need a marketer, somebody that knows how to promote your social media. And these are all things that, you know, people are paying a lot of money for. Even celebrities now, they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to have social media managers. And this is very important. You have Beyonce. Beyonce's social media manager makes half a million a year. Think about that. Let me repeat that. Beyonce's social media Crazy. manager makes <laughs> half a million a year just managing her social media. And that's her actual job, her nine to five job, so to speak. So think about how how we've grown. Kim Kardashian, same same individual. Her team makes a lot of money doing this. These are all just people that I mentioned to say that it's possible. Trust me, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's very, it's very, very possible. Now, transitioning and and I just yeah, wanted to yeah, I just want to touch on what you brought up, which is like really key is it's not it's not pushing the idea of you know being an independent business owner versus working a nine to five. It's highlighting the fact that in today's age, having supplemental income is the key right. to really getting to a level of comfort in in living because if even if you look at how the inflation rate has risen in the past year that's record high numbers right i mean i've never seen chicken go up so much in value right, <laughs> in a right, year right? right like shopping for food is crazy now it's insane you know? yeah so and just and that's just the tip of the iceberg there's so many other factors that is snowballed into how prices have risen mm-hmm. while you know, and this has been a common theme throughout the years, you know, inflation rises, but professional salaries don't quite hit the mark, you know, maybe you'll get like a 2% raise, but it doesn't quite meet how it doesn't quite beat inflation, even if it does, you're just breaking even. So in order to really get to that level of comfort, supplemental income is really key. I mean, there's really no other option if, if you want to get to that level of comfort. And I think that that's the driving force with one of the driving forces of millennials, you know, really shifting gears and looking at how to make money differently, you know, right. because a job is really just this, you know, it's a standard way to make money and everyone needs to work a job. You need to do something, provide some service to get money. That's, you know, but 
there's also the the added layer of okay what can i do for myself that's going to bring me more wealth and what's going to you know bring me more i would say you know we we lose the we use the term happiness loosely but let's let's call it you know feeling the value that you're providing right, Get, right. making yourself treat having it as a career versus a job and that's another big reason is I think, you know, millennials really, and this is just not limited to millennials, but the core focus, they are now understanding the, the real difference between those two titles, a job and a career, mm-hmm. and how it really, you know, resonates with them to do something that actually has meaning versus just doing something for the paycheck. And there's so many other alternatives now, especially with the internet. Um, We have like building their personal brand as a big thing that millennials can do now with YouTube, with social media. You could literally start any type of business, any type of side hustle, any type of um, differentiator that gives you and brings you joy. And that joy in itself and that passion will bring in the wealth. So it's not so black and white as it was before, where it kind of felt like you needed to make a choice. Now we have so many tools at our disposal that literally whatever we decide to do, there's someone out there we can learn from, um, sometimes even for free, because most videos nowadays, you just go on YouTube, you learn something and then boom. Uh, or you could take a course, take an online course, take what you know anything that you need to do in order to learn the skill and then apply it and then, you start your side hustle that way. Right. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we have nowadays where, you know, you can have the best of both worlds, but it does come down to the choice and the sacrifice, right? It's not, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. Right. So no, that's, that's, that's a great point that you mentioned, Daniel. And I think that's, that's kind of uh, something that we do want to also highlight is as a result, what industries are now starting to thrive as a result of millennials starting to transition out of that. And a few that I do want to highlight for the audience listening for first time in our last time listeners, of course, uh, again, it's very important that you guys kind of highlight what industries our generation has taken over. One of the main ones is camping. Now, a lot of people may be like camping. Now, how can you make money camping? Well, you need instructions, you survival. Uh, so, when you see that guy, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Detroit, I forget his name. So the guy that basically does the stuff on the social media that teaches you how to survive uh, in case uh, somebody pulls a gun on you or something like that, even though I'm scared that somebody's actually going to try that with the wrong person and probably end up hurting themselves. <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> the point is that, again, uh, camping, go, learning how to survive in the wilderness. These are actual people that ha- get paid to teach individuals how to actually make it out there in the wilderness, this and that. And a lot of young individuals from the age of 25 up to let's say 40 is in this industry and actually teaching people how to actually survive in the wilderness or, 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 or manage being outside in the wilderness camping or, and with family, friends, whatever the case is. Another one is fitness. Our generation is big on fitness. If you go on social media right now, audience, you will see probably five of your friends 
being a fitness, virtual fitness instructors, oh, yeah. virtual fitness educators. That's not by coincidence. That is something that we enjoy. We want to look good. We want to feel good. So a lot of individuals have capitalized on that opportunity to say, okay, I like working out in the gym. So maybe I can teach people my regimen, how I, you know, how I build muscle, cut fat, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a very, that's a growing industry. It's not by coincidence that every time you watch a commercial, you see probably Peloton or somebody, or let's say Platinum Fitness or whatever, one of those gyms on the commercial. This That's not done by, by coincidence. A lot of these companies and brands understand that our generation in particular is where they're going to make their money because we're the ones that right now, like I said, is the ones coming into our own. So fitness is a very growing industry where a lot of people, not just young, but also old, are starting to gravitate towards because now even with the pandemic, we want to be as healthy as possible. We've seen our loved ones, our friends, our co-workers, other get sick or even some of them lose family members and friends who ever passed away from COVID as a result. So we want to make sure that we're healthy. We want to make sure that we're fit. Or at least we're trying. I'll say that. I understand yeah. that, you know, waking up sometimes at seven when it's 25 degrees out, that's not always the most ideal situation. But now you're you can do it from the comfort of your home where you can watch a lot of online YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera. So that's very important to understand and something that I would definitely look at. The next one also is that I wanted to highlight was skincare. Skincare is really important. Why skincare? I and that's just not limited to women. I want everybody to understand that. That's also men. That's uh unison type of industry, so to speak. Now, what does that mean? That means that a lot of millennials now, again, if you go on social media, I like highlighting social media because that's where you can build your brand. A lot of people, Daniel, I'm sure you have friends that have built skincare companies mm -hmm, and or they, they do skincare tutorials. Now, what does that mean? That means that maybe they're teaching you how to get rid of black spots. Uh, if you have black spots on your face, maybe they teach you the type of makeup that you're using. Some people, some women use makeup, men as well use makeup that not necessarily work for the skin. So a lot of people will teach you like, hey, this is what I did where I fucked up on. So I'm teaching you how to do this. A lot of people build products outside of just Fenty Beauty. You have your local community individuals. These are people that live in your community that are part of our generation that actually are building skincare products that may not get the highlight because maybe they're not a celebrity, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still good to support. It's still good to showcase that, again, these are people building industries in this um, uh, basically error that's teaching you how to better take care of your skin, better take care of your personal health. And I want Daniel to also highlight the most important one, Daniel, personal finance. I think that's a key one that a lot of our generation is really highlighted in, including ourselves, personal finance. If you could give Absolutely. more highlights on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personal finance, you know, that's, we see that almost everywhere nowadays. And especially with the growing community of these new, uh, digital assets, NFTs, and uh, with cryptocurrency being a hot topic and real estate being a hot topic. Right. I think all of these just combine themselves into different ways that you can improve your personal finance. And debt management is also included in that. I mean, you have channels on YouTube that focus specifically on debt, specifically on how to manage student loans or how to manage your credit cards, how to get rid of your credit card bills altogether, you know, in a plan step-by-step. Step. I mean, I've seen some very detailed tutorials and 
I think it's really a point of now it now it's at a point where there's so much information and there's so many individuals in all of these lines in all of these industries right camping fitness travel you know it, it, in, in instagram they have a whole uh, a section where they list the different like health and beauty fitness like they, they have individual hubs on instagram now where right. you can just click into the hub and you see a whole bunch of videos and a whole bunch of related topics um you know related videos to the topic so it's, it's, it's definitely there, you know, and it's, it, it's so many independent, you know, and sometimes it may not even be business owners. They're just there to share the wealth. Right. right. But people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen individuals that, you know, I really, I've, I've like seen them grow up. We've, we've, we've grown up and pretty much the same neighborhoods, right. you know, same circumstances or similar rather. And, you know, they did this thing, whether it was uh, fitness, whether it was health, uh, whether it was skincare, personal finance. And right. I've seen it just launch to a point where it's kind of subsidized their nine to five income. Right. And you know, to see, to witness that happen and to, to, to actually know that it's not just, oh, it's just like something that's there, but it's just, you know, it's like the talk of the town, but you don't really actually see it. No, when you actually see it, it's like, yeah, this is real and right. you can do it too. And it's, it's really, and, and all the tools are at our disposal, right? <clears throat> and these are the thriving industries, as, as Charles mentioned, you know, in lieu of the social media uh, gaining its steam, especially, I mean, I think now I'm starting to realize how important TikTok is. I mean, before TikTok to me was just like TikTok. You know, you just see some videos, they're funny, cool. But it's actually a really uh, advantageous platform to promote products on. And I've seen the growth in sales for some businesses because of TikTok. So, and that's just one example. You know, all the social media platforms offer a different outlet for, um, you know, a business owner. And I think it's something that we're going to have to really, you know, as millennials, as we get closer and closer to kind of this, I would say, point of singularity where like the virtual world is going to blend with the physical world in that, you know, we have the metaverse talk coming up. We have all these different things that are happening this year with technology. Social media is going to really stand at the crux of it. And whatever we do, um, as like a side hustle or as like, you know, just our own business, social media is going to be kind of like the gear shift. It's going to either propel us or it's going to, you know, keep us, you know, in a parked location. So definitely, definitely important to, you know, if, if I'll say this, if you're really thinking about doing some type of side hustle, starting some type of business or, you know, just doing something to pave the way out of the nine to five cycle, you know, social media is really going to be a very key that it's going to be a key door that you got to go through. It's, it's to manage it, to, to understand it. I mean, even social media itself is a side hustle. As Charles mentioned, you have people who manage celebrity web uh, celebrity platforms for, you know, a variety of different things. So it's its own business in itself. So definitely something to really look into. But overall, right. it, yeah, Charles, go ahead. 
No, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. For me, the one thing I would also add in is also as business managers and business supporters. Now, business supporters is basically your self-audience. That's the customers, the supporters, the people that actually follow these uh, individuals, not, not just celebrities. I'm not talking about celebrities per se, but people like Daniel mentioned in your community, that's part of your age group. Maybe you grew up with a lot of these individuals that have these businesses. Show support a lot of times. I think a lot of times we fail to realize that a lot of these individuals are putting their personal time a lot of they're educating themselves as well, sharing their personal experiences, even my myself um, trying to actually educate people on personal finance. That's something that I personally deal with as well on the day to day is obviously understanding how to better budget, how to better obviously alleviate debt, because the one thing that our generation has to understand is ownership. Ownership is always key. We have to try to own or try to work towards owning stuff for ourselves, not have to be cash strong or debt strong, so to speak. Because of the fact that, of course, we can't buy a home, we can't own a real property because of the fact that we can't get that loan or whatever the case that we're looking to obtain because our credit isn't good or we owe too much in credit card debt or student loan debt, et cetera, et cetera. As ways that we can save, there's ways we can better budget, something that I'm learning as well. And, but I also want to share that knowledge with the audience as a whole, and as well as Daniel as well, as he gives his perspective, I believe, from his own point of view. So that's very important to know. But show support, like I mentioned. And as a business owner, if you're going to be teaching, make sure you know what the hell you're talking about. I think that's a lot of times that we fail to realize as business owners is it's not just you starting a business, but it's also really putting in the work, understanding how your business works from A to Z. So if somebody's coming with you, let's say you're a personal finance educator, you're a financial advisor, you know how to actually have a plan in place where someone can actually alleviate their credit card debt. Obviously, you've heard of older individuals like Dave Ramsey, where they have the, they've, they've capitalized on the debt snowball effect. Now, you can have your own personal spin to that, where you have something where, let's say you pay the smallest to largest bills, you know, in chronological order. Just giving you guys an example, but that's something that you have to do through trial and error. Is it, does it work for you, business owners? Ask yourself this, if you're going to put out a product or service, would you want to support this or purchase this thing? And if you have to question it, then I think it's time to take a step back and kind of re-educate yourself and understand what can I do to better bring it out to the audience where anyone can understand and relate to what I'm kind of bringing out to the, to the public. So that's very important to know. But, um, and, and you want yeah. it to be, you know, like it, it, the, there's, there's an interesting dichotomy here with being a business owner is that, you have to treat it like a job, right. but it has to be your career, right? It has to be, you have to be passionate about it. Like you, like it, cause it's all on you. It's not something that you have to wake up for and do. It's something like it's, it's your choice to do it. You have to treat it like a job, but you have to have the passion of a career in order to make it work. Right. Because other, otherwise you're just working a second job, right? It's like, picking up a second, you know, a second job after work kind of thing. And if it's that, it's short term. It's not going to last long. You know, you, you may stay in it for a couple of years just to, you know, get, get some, you know, get some money up and then that's it. But if you want it to be long lasting, if you want it to be part of your personal brand, then it needs to come with that mindset. And it first starts with just the kind of thing that would, you know, make you 
you know, obviously looking at the markets itself and seeing how profitable a certain business is, yeah, that's important too. But the passion comes first because that's going to be the driving force, right? And as we've said, and as it's been seen around all social media outlets, I mean, you could literally have a, a business in almost any type of, you know, industry. And you, like, it could be anything, right? You could sell lemonade juice and you'll make money. Right. It's I, I don't think that's the the issue in terms of getting and accumulating wealth. It's more about how you position your product or service, how much passion you have behind that product and or service and how it's executed. Mm-hmm. How do you deliver that to your target audience? How do you get people to buy into your idea and how do you get them to return, continue returning, right? And uh, while we're on that, learning about how to retain customers, get new clients and everything that you need for a business to succeed, you can learn at your nine to five because most nine to fives have a, a certain business structure that you can take mold and then apply to your own unique circumstance, right? They all follow a, a similar pattern. So whether it be if you you hate your nine to five, if you love your nine to five, still learn. I mean, they have, there's opportunities everywhere to learn. You know, I learn every day in my nine to five, you know, and it's, it's just made me a better professional. And also it brings awareness to, you know, what I can apply for Danzo Solutions and what I can apply for, you know, the other things that I want to do. So I think that that's also very important to realize, you know, taking that knowledge and taking that experience and applying it to what you do outside. Like it's like a direct, not a direct, kind of like a, uh, more like a in-loop copy and paste, right? Because you know, there's a system that works. So do what you need to do professionally outside of your work environment in order to at least get you to a starting point. And then you take it from there with your creative, you know, with your creativity and with how you plan everything f- with your business plan and so forth. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very important. As you mentioned, something that um, obviously I, I would just add to say, like he said, I'm an advocate of everyone doing a nine to five before starting your business, because I think you have to understand yeah. how a company operates before building your own and whether let's say you had a bad experience or a good experience, you can always learn from both experiences, especially as you grow in your career or the career that you eventually want to do, whether it's for yourself or for somebody. But the point is that you want to do something where you understand how something is operated. So like Daniel just mentioned, just to quickly add to what he's saying is really just don't work, understand the work that you're doing, understand how a company operates a lot of times if you work in a bigger company you have a lot of town halls so what are those those are things where the company comes together and they basically explain what the company's doing or what they have coming out really pay attention to that just don't go on your phone during those meetings we've all been there but (laughs) sometimes take time to really listen in understand what the ceo ceo whoever's actually presenting is talking about maybe they're doing something where they're cutting your holiday schedule that's important when you're running a business. A lot of times everybody has personal stuff. We have, even me, me and Daniel have experienced that where we all went on vacation certain times where work had to still get done. 
but understand how what who's filling in for who when that happens, how you're getting paid. A lot of times you're getting on the pay without realizing because end of the day, you're comparing based on what the company is offering, not necessarily the company and its competitors. Maybe if you work for maybe you work for PWC, maybe Deloitte is paying an extra 20,000 for the same position, but you don't realize that because PWC has sold you that, oh, this is the company to be, this is the position to be. So you think, oh, I'm getting paid the right salary, but sometimes it's important to do your research. So that's important. Really understanding how a company is structured versus, and also understanding its competitors, because as a business, you're always going to have competitors. Example, who are Amazon's competitors? Walmart, Costco to some aspects, and also now the new one. The new one is, uh, what is the company's name? Uh, where you, you can go on. I forget the name. It'll come to me. But the point is that you have all these things in place where you have to see what your competitor is doing. Who's Apple's competitor, Daniel, as you know? Samsung and or the Android. That's important. These are all things that you're mentioning. Even if you think your company isn't as big as a business owner, trust me, you have to get to a certain point as a business owner. So you always have to look at what people are doing in the same industry as you. You don't have to be those type of names I mentioned. You can be starting out, but you still have to see What are you doing? What is your impact versus what your competitor is doing? Very important to know. Um, And I think that's just something that I want to mention. But I want to transition into the nine to five force as we're discussing. Not all millennials are leaving the industry to start their business. Some are staying in the nine to five workforce strictly. But where are they starting to take over that maybe we're overlooking or not really seeing enough of? And I'm here to highlight that for you, myself and Daniel. So top growing industries for millennials. This is a a survey that they took. And this is something that I'm sharing with you in the past 12 months. So this is from the beginning of 2021 until 2022. Where has millennials been growing in the specific sectors or industries? So basically, that means that whether they work in the tech, finance, um, food industry, et cetera, et cetera. Very important. So the most important and highest one millennials are working on in is the technology and software industry. Daniel, why do you think that millennials or a lot of millennials are starting to move towards the technology sector? So these are companies like Microsoft, Google, Meta, formerly Facebook, um, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think a lot of millennials are moving towards these type of industries or companies in this in this industry well one i think it's very lucrative uh the money is very good in tech across all you know not even the big names like google or apple or like even you know the 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 mid-sized company right they're offering very lucrative salaries for employees uh job growth I think in tech companies now, there's a lot of growth in terms of your position. You could come in as an analyst and you could escalate to a senior analyst in a relatively short period of time versus other industries, right? Like, let's say finance, right? But I think one of the biggest things is the adaptation of a hybrid model where you can work from home or you can work anywhere, really. You don't have to go into the office. Right. And it gives you better flexibility with 
your at home life. Let's say if you have kids, you can, you know, tend to your kids while getting your job done. Right. It, it, some tech jobs don't necessarily follow the standard nine to five. They follow a more flexible approach. Right. Sometimes you could do, you know, maybe a, a seven to three, or you could kind of, uh, you can up front load your days where you work maybe three days or four days out of the week. And then you have the Friday off. There's so there's a lot of flexibility with tech jobs now. And as I said before, I believe the pandemic has kind of accelerated that flexibility as now. And I think even Google made an announcement a couple months ago that most of their employees, if not all, are virtual. So I think that's a very attractive um, component to have. And that that's why a lot of millennials are moving to tech is because of that flexibility uh, outside of the, the, you know, how lucrative it can be, but also the, the future prospect of tech. I mean, if you look at the Bureau of Label of Statistics and just how tech, the tech industry, everything that involves tech, cybersecurity, uh, data analysts, you know, all, all of that, architects, engineers, all of those professions play into the tech world and the tech world has been growing forever. I mean, it's been the, the longest standing growth uh, as far as industries are concerned um, in the country. You know, there's, tech jobs has always been accelerating. Even when we were young, Charles, I'm pretty sure you heard this too. It was like, you know, tech is the way to go. Like right. when you were looking for schools, they were like, hey, you know, tech is like the, the, the wave, it's the movement. And that's true. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's true. And we see it now with everything that's happening, you know, with virtualization becoming a high talking point and technologies now merging with the finance world, having fintech and all kinds of crazy devices that are just being born from technology. And I, I think it's just, you know, it's, I don't see tech going into a downward spot. I don't see that no. industry ever really going into the red. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that, and with the, the surge of, I think, demand for, uh, I would say, tech jobs, it does become a little bit more competitive, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's going to really require programming skills, um, application development skills, computer design skills, just some basic knowledge of networking, mm -hmm. just things that would make on the job training a little more smoother because they're going to train you anyway. But right. on paper, there needs to be kind of that foundational knowledge, right? right? And you have thousands upon thousands of professionals transitioning into the tech world. As you mentioned, Charles, it's, it's the highest growing industry for job switchers among millennials. And that's just millennials. We're not even factoring in the other generations. So right. I think that it's going to really be uh, one of those industries that's going to see the most uh, volatility uh, in the next coming months, years. And even on one uh, previous podcast, we talked about how tech companies now are pooching other professionals from different tech companies to, to go to their company, right? right? I mean, I'm pretty sure on LinkedIn, for those that are in the tech world, and maybe if you're not in the tech world, you have recruiters, you know, just in your LinkedIn DMs, just saying, hey, you know, we're a growing industry, this, that, we're in tech doing this. 
And that's going to happen a lot more as these companies invest in, you know, their future business operations to, you know, right. do whatever. I mean, we, we might have holograms in the next year. You know, right. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's very important to note. I mean, just a few others I do also want to add in to just stay on topic with what you're discussing, Daniel and myself is the healthcare and pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? Now the audience may be thinking, why will a lot of people in our age group want to be working in healthcare and the pharmaceutical? So what does that look like? A nurse, doctor, pharmacist, et cetera, et cetera. Think about, especially now, where we are as a generation or in the generation of the life that we're in. We have so many diseases out there. We have these viruses now, so many things. So a lot of individuals want to be that part of change where they can help others, help people, you know, overcome these diseases or cure sicknesses, et cetera, et cetera. Our generation is the generation of change. We like to go against the norm. I know our parents get annoyed with that, (laughs) but we just are, we're the generation that doesn't know how to sit down. So it's not by coincidence that a lot of people are millennials in particular are gravitating towards the healthcare and pharmaceutical industry. And and I think a lot more will be going as uh, a lot of these viruses continue to grow these mutations that we're not really unsure, we're unsure of. We don't really understand how it works. Now we we're getting booster shots like every year, like it's a flu shot. So I think that's going to be a lot more research getting towards that. And I think our generation is going to be a big proponent in that, in, in seeing the 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 aspect of understanding why is it that these viruses are mutating and growing. We have now we have everybody every other month I hear a new name of a new virus coming out. So it's like, you yeah. know, at this point it's like you know we want to make sure outside of even just the viruses, but make sure that we are able to take and cure sicknesses in this world that is affecting us on a day-to-day. Our generation wants to stick long. Our parents' generation was just concerned about making it. Our generation is concerned about the impact of making it. Very important to understand. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's key for us. Um, another one that's important is financial services and insurance. I think that goes without saying. Uh, we kind of highlighted a financial services industry. So financial services industry is the money-making industry that kind of coincides with the insurance industry. Now, insurance is a growing industry among millennials because of the fact of, I mentioned, the era that we're in. Insurance isn't just insurance for life insurance. You have business insurance. You have insurance taken out for just your home, your property, real estate insurance. You got to remember that. Remember what Daniel mentioned earlier, our generation is heavily involved in real estate. So it's not just buying a home as a real estate agent. You have to make sure that if you're going to be giving it to this individual, that they're insuring this thing. So if something happens to the home or wherever that you're buying the condo, et cetera, et cetera, you're taken care of as well. <laughs> not just, you know, whatever the case is, that company that, you know, you're buying it from the bank, whatever the case is, maybe you took a loan out, et cetera. You're also taken care of as well. So that's very important. Um, the aero, auto and transport industry. Now, I found that quite curious because of the fact that, especially now with the pandemic, you know, flights are, you know, being delayed. I'm going to do a podcast and discuss how the aero industry, so that's like your American Airlines Delta, is actually becoming more of a bank. But I'm going to I'm going to have a separate podcast mm-hmm. for that. Super but interesting. yeah, but 
just to kind of highlight and stay on brand is the reason why a lot of millennials are getting into this industry is, as Daniel mentioned earlier, it kind of goes with the technology industry is, again, you want to have someone that understands how to develop, you understand how, because it's not just, a lot of people fail to realize that the aero, auto, and transport industry isn't just you being a pilot. There's so many things that you can do. You can be a flight attendant. You can be an engineer. So you're someone that actually helps build these planes. These mm -hmm. uh, you, you understand um, you're a weather admin. So basically, what does that basically mean? So that means that you need someone that understands the weather, how the weather works. So when a lot of these pilots are flying, is it okay to fly? Do you have inclement weather coming in? These are people that actually get hired through these airline industries to make that assessment to say like, hey, Daniel, you can't fly out today because at two o'clock, you got heavy rain coming in and the, you're flying at 50,000 50, feet or 30,000 feet in the air. You're liable to get impacted in the storm. These are all things that you need to understand. You need right. to understand somebody that knows how tail, tail fins work. So what does that mean? That means when you're descending, what altitude is that descending at? You need coders for that. You need someone that understands software, how to basically build the right tail fin. That's why every time you see that, all these Boeing 500, you're going to have, by the time we're in our 40s, you're going to have Boeing 600, et cetera, et cetera. All these new planes are being built because of the fact that we're dealing with the change in weather. Because now look at it. We live in the Northeast. Daniel, what did we see today? We saw rain, snow, rain, snow, sun, rain, snow, all in the span of five hours. So think about that. So you need- you Day need, after tomorrow. Right, exactly. <laughs> you need the equipment that's readily available. So in case something happens, God forbid, while you're in the air, your plane isn't impacted. You don't lose lives. You can easily uh, maybe land in a state or something and, you know, just build it, reassess, and then you go back out. So that's very important. And architecture and engineering. So architecture is real estate that's building homes, building properties. You have to ask someone that understands where to build, what land to build on, what, how long the project is going to take. You need engineers uh, for this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these are all particular the industries that millennials are starting to see a, a, a huge gain in or companies are seeing millennials come into, so to speak. So yeah, um, Daniel, your thoughts on that. And that's so interesting. The, I, I'm the, the arrow. Right. Yeah. I think Daniel froze up. I don't know, but um, I'm just going to keep talking. I don't know if you froze up, Daniel. Yeah. So, I mean, as mentioned, it's interesting. I don't know if Daniel froze up audience because he's frozen on my end. But anyway, uh, what I do want to continue to highlight is, as Daniel mentioned, the aerospace industry has seen a large growth, seen a huge, huge proponent of that. Daniel, can you hear me? There we go. Am I back? Yeah, you're back, man. Continue. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. This too much, too much bandwidth on the, I mean, little bandwidth, I should say on the, on the router here. Yeah. Um, no, yeah I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say the, the arrow industry is very interesting to me that that is a growing uh, topic for job switchers because of the fact that the pandemic has impacted that industry in a way where we've actually seen kind of a decline in a lot of you know services for like 
you know, American Airlines, JetBlue, like we've seen the shift and the change of their services in just over the year. And that's due to kind of the declining labor force. I mean, I think, and that was like one of the industries that was impacted a lot by what they call the great resignation, right? Like that's like the, the thing all, you know, millennials and well, not just millennials, everyone <laughs> leaving their jobs, uh, whether to go to another job or to, um, you know, just go to uh, work as a business owner or whatever the case is. So very interesting. I mean, I think that's one of the industries that it kind of, uh, it, 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 there's so much that really ties in where technology is concerned, as Charles mentioned. So very fascinating to kind of see the, how certain industries have really grown well, how certain industries have attracted more millennials, despite the fact that the pandemic has impacted them um, and impacted kind of their bottom line, right? So um, really interesting to see. And I think, you know, at, while we're on the topic of this great resignation, I think it's really gonna somewhat continue into this year as, and even this is a topic that's kind of pulled into that whole idea of, you know, leaving your job to seek another job or leaving your job to continue, you know, do what you are passionate about, your business on the side or whatever the case is. So we're going to see a lot of volatility within all industries. Right. Uh, I think tech is going to be one of the big ones that a lot of professionals gravitate to. As Charles mentioned, healthcare is going to be right up there as number two with all these different you know vaccines that are coming out and the research that's required and even just from a staff perspective you know you look at you know hospitals they need more rns they need more personnel on hand um so there's a lot of uh, opportunity there and you know it's going to really be kind of driving home the idea this is a moment where i think as a professional you can ask yourself the question, where do I want to go? Right. What kind of career path do I want to take? Because it's not necessarily, we're not in an economic position where you kind of just have to take what you can get. Right. There's actually a demand for employees. There's a demand for a professional workforce. So I think from that angle, it's more, and there's a term for it, it's not coming to mind right now, but we hold the power, right? We, right. we are kind of like jobs want us, right? The, right. the, it's shifted now. So, right. you know, market conditions have changed. So we're in a position now where we could make the decision and choose where to work. I mean, obviously some industries are going to be better than others, but you know, from, from a high level point, you can really choose where you want your career path to go. So right. I would say from my closing thoughts on this is, this is the opportunity to self-analyze, self-reflect. It's still, we're still early in the new year. It's 2022, January has not ended yet. So for anyone who's listening, you know, really take this time to decide where you want your career to go. Right. And if you're on that path, great. Continue the trajectory and get to that level that you want to get to. But if you're not on that trajectory, now is the time to kind of shift gears and see where you want to go because there's, a plethora of opportunities out there and it's not limited to what 
you know, it's not industry specific limited because every industry needs somebody, right? right? As I said, the great resignation is happening as we speak, right? Mm-hmm. So for someone, for one person who leaves a job, another person goes in to take the vacancy. So right. keep that in mind. And, you know, I hope everyone finds their, finds their passion, finds their niche. Right. And it's a great point that Daniel made for the audience that's listening, as mentioned. So it's really finding where you fit in. Because again, as Daniel mentioned, a lot of these companies, they're not, they're not stupid. They understand that our generation is not a generation that is going to be taking over a lot of these companies in the leadership positions and the workforce, so to speak. So that basically looks like this. That looks like, so a lot of the managers are going to be people from the age of 30 to 40. A lot of the analysts and senior analysts are going to be people in their early 20s to late 20s and even approaching early 30s. So they want to make sure that if they are going to basically adapt and basically keep the talent, so to speak. Remember, you, you've heard if you ever worked in nine to five, you always heard the name talent pool. What does talent pool mean? That means that the people that they could obtain or potentially obtain for their company and every workforce needs employees. It doesn't matter what industry that you're in. You can work for the NFL to working in McDonald's. Every industry needs employees or talent pools, as they refer to that. That's the name they like to use. So that means that example, like he mentioned, picking people with the skill sets that match what the company is trying to do. So as companies adapt, they have to hire people that know how to work in these industries. So what does that mean? So the technology era that we're in now, now we're in a technology era. So we need people that understand how this, how the code, how to build data, how to carry data, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they also know that our generation is a generation that gets easily bored. We, and we easily like to challenge the status quo. We don't really go against what they were doing back in the eighties and nineties. We're like, if we're the generation that says, fuck you, we're leaving this company and I'm going to go do my own thing. So (laughs) the fact that we're easily bored, companies now are trying to really innovate and say, okay, how can we kind of keep it interesting so to keep a lot of people in? So that enters why a lot of people now, if you look at a lot of resumes, they ask you, do you know certain things like Python? Do you know HTML, CSS? Because this is very important because what they're going to do is as a reward for you for understanding how to kind of build data, create data, uh, structure data. They promote you as a reward or give you an incentive. That's a bonus at a bonus in your compensation, et cetera, et cetera. So these are all things that you should be paying attention to as this generation coming into the fold that our previous predecessors, that's our parents, grandparents didn't really understand. So that's important. So that's what we kind of wanted to highlight for this episode was not just the fact of why are millennials particularly leaving the nine to five, but also in turn, what is going to keep us engaged in a nine to five job or stay with a nine to five job? And it's okay for you to leave a company. Don't be limited by a company. Yes, we all have our personal shit we have to deal with. We got to pay rent. We got to pay our mortgage. We got kids. We got student loan debt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Daniel mentioned this, and I mentioned this. You can stay in your nine to five, but do something else to make more money for yourself, or at least try. It doesn't hurt to try, right, Daniel? I think I can we can all agree to, to that. It doesn't hurt to try. Look, we've all failed at everything. I've failed at many things. I'm sure Daniel has many things he's failed at, but we've also seen success. The things, the way you make money is by trial and error. So audience listening, 
just go ahead and try whatever you want to do. Whether you, you whether it's not even building a company, you want to take a course, just take it. Even if you don't use it, hey, you took it. Eventually, you can teach somebody else that can probably use that knowledge. If you're looking to get into the technology world or the finance world, reach out to your friend, the person, the person you went to high school with. Shit, your ex-lover. I don't know the person work, <laughs> the person who works for this company. You're interested in. Just say, hey, how did you do it? Ask questions. These are all things that you should know because end of the day is the more you ask, the more you reach out the more you learn and the more you learn, you know how to apply it. So if you are looking to get into, let's say you want to work for a JP or PWC, or you want to work for, let's say Shopify or whatever meta, you want to get into VR, virtual reality, you want to work for Tesla, look, pay attention to these job descriptions. What are they asking of? What are, what are they particularly looking for? And just because they say, oh, you need five years experience. That's not always true. What you should be looking at more so is what's the skill set? Maybe they're saying, hey, they're looking for someone that knows how to code. They know, they're looking for someone that knows how to use uh, pivot tables or through Excel. These are all things that you can learn just by watching a 20-minute YouTube video. Audience, what are you doing that's going to impact your work or how you make more money for yourself, your family, your significant other? That's a takeaway. I want to thank those tuning in from uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube. This is a dance so pitch episode fifty nine. Why are millennials living the nine to five, leaving the nine to five lifestyle? Excuse me. This episode will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, the dance so pitch on SoundCloud, as well as YouTube. We will be promoting through the dance so pitch on Instagram. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe through our YouTube as well. This is the dance so pitch. I am your host. Miss uh, Charles Danso as well, joined by Mr. Daniel Goodman, and we'll see you next episode. Peace. All right. Peace out, y'all.